I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Proverbs chapters 16, 17, and 18. The book of Proverbs is made up of short statements of conventional wisdom, often based upon Mosaic law. These were written by King Solomon. The first nine chapters of Proverbs serve as an introduction to wisdom itself. The rapid-fire statements begin in chapter 10. If you'd like more information, more insight about the contents of the book of Proverbs, then look at the uh, commentary that I've written on Proverbs chapter 1. Go to that chapter and read the introduction there. Chapter 16, verse 1. The preparations of the heart and man, and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Every one that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness." Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaketh right. The wrath of a king is as messengers of death, but a wise man will pacify it. In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction, and in a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly, than to divide the spoil with the proud. He that handleth the matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth, and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He that laboreth laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. 
a violent man enticeth his neighbor, and leadeth him into the way that is not good. He shutteth his eyes to devise froward things, moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. The hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Now, that last verse right there regarding the practicing of lots, let me, um, let me read you an article that I've written that's on this page of the notes regarding the casting of lots, the practice of casting lots. Casting lots was basically the visual equivalent of throwing dice today. Therefore, casting lots to the Old Testament observer may seem like an arbitrary selection of something or someone based strictly upon chance. However, Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33, in this passage, The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. We see a precedent for this in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 1 through 10. And there we see a validation that it is a God-recognized way for determining God's mind on an issue, at least it was in the Old Testament. The casting of lots was used in that passage to determine which goat would be freed, and that free goat was the scapegoat, and which one would be sacrificed. The discovery of Achan as the culprit was apparently done by casting lots in Joshua chapter 7, verses 10 through 26. And that's also the method used for distributing the land to the tribes of Israel in Joshua chapter 16. Saul was identified as the new king by Samuel, presumably with lots in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 19 to 24. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 36 to 43, Saul used this technique to identify his own son, who was an unlikely suspect, as the culprit in the honey-eating episode. Peter even used this procedure to select the replacement for Judas in Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. So in the Old Testament, at least the people recognized that the casting of lots was a legitimate way of deciding an issue. And that's a major reason why it worked. Now I need to make a very important point. Christians today, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit by which we make our decisions the Holy Spirit today stands as the replacement for the Old Testament practice of casting lots. Now, you must agree, direct Holy Spirit leadership on an issue is much, much better than, well, throwing dice. Now, let's pay close attention to some particularly interesting verses that uh, caught my eye in chapter 16. Look at verses 2 and 25. Solomon points out that man's carnal nature tends to plan at the exclusion of God and comes up with a different plan. Look what he says in verse 2. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Look at verse 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. What's the key to a godly thought life? Well, there it is in verse 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So, what about Solomon's understanding and wisdom that he received? Look at verse 16. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? 
Well, obviously, as we know the story, Solomon got both the wisdom and the wealth. Now, here's an oft-quoted proverb in verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, in verse 31, the word hoary, H-O-A-R-Y, means gray. And here's what it says, The hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. So cherish that gray hair. Verse 32, Maintain your cool. Here's what it says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. And then finally, verse 33 is that verse that we spoke of a few moments ago on casting lots. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Chapter 17 of Proverbs, verse 1. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than an house full of sacrifices with strife. A wise servant shall rule over a son that causeth shame, and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. The fining pot is for silver, and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker, and he that is glad at calamity shall not be unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. A gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it. Whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. He that covereth transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. A reproof entereth more into a wise man than an hundred stripes into a fool. An evil man seeketh only rebellion, Therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. Whoso rewarded the evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore leave off contention before it be meddled with. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord." Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man void of understanding striketh hands and becometh surety in the presence of his friend. He loveth transgression that loveth strife, and he that exalteth his gate seeketh destruction. He that hath a froward heart findeth no good, and he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow, and the father of a fool hath no joy. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. A wicked man taketh a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to his father, and bitterness to her that bear him. Also to punish the just is not good, nor to strike princes for equity. He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, 
and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Well, let's look at some significant verses in this chapter. The necessity for trial is seen in verse 3, where it says, The fining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. There's a grandparent's verse in verse 6, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. How many grandchildren, by the way, do you suppose Solomon had anyway? Just a thought. What do you do when you catch a friend in unbecoming activity? Verse 9 tells us, He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. Watch out for the friend that seems to cover for you, but then forsakes you by repeating the offense to others. This is going around today, verse 15. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord. Now let's talk about real friendship for a moment. Verse 17. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. In other words, true friendship, I mean one that's based upon brotherly love, that friendship thrives in adversity. And then finally, laughter is the best medicine, or at least it's a good one. Verse 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Now to Proverbs chapter 18. Through a desire a man, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. When the wicked cometh, then cometh also contempt, and with ignominy reproach. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked, to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are his wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and as an high wall in his own conceit. Before destruction the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. The lot causeth contentions to cease, and parteth between the mighty. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. The poor useth entreaties, but the rich answereth roughly. 
A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Well, we see in this chapter, one some of the significant verses here, of the more significant verses. Verse 9, that Solomon had no tolerance for a lazy person, where he says, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. Now, keep in mind, and this is important in counseling, especially when you're counseling Christians, there are always two sides to every story. Verse 17, He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. Verse 22 is an endorsement on marriage. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Now here's that action of casting lots again, which we talked about in chapter 16. Verse 18. The lot causeth contentions to cease, and parteth between the mighty. Look at the yellow box and the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today's reading at the top of the screen, if you'd like to do a detailed study on that. And then finally, what do you look for in a friend? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, let me point out, we saw a lot of the usage of the word fool, or fools, or foolishly, in today's reading. And as I pointed out when we first uh, talked about fools, the fact is is that fools is used in this context in the book of Proverbs as someone not of diminished mental capacity, but someone who's just obstinate and rebels against God. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.